open our hearts wide to you. And God, we just are here to meet with you. And Father, we are asking that you would speak to each and every one of us tonight, God. Give us ears to hear what you want to say to us. Give us hearts to receive and to grasp more of you, more of your word. Father, do all that you desire to do in our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, we are continuing our series entitled The She Design, which is our way of saying God's divine design for women, for womankind, for every single one of us. And you know, as Danielle said earlier, God does have a unique and uh, individual plan for each and every one of our lives. But he also has a master plan, a blueprint or pattern, if you will, for his daughters and who he's created us to be as women. And that blueprint, it's what, how he's wired us, what he's put within us, is his DNA in us. And it's laid out so clearly in his word in Proverbs chapter 31. And that's really where we're focusing this season. And, you know, in verse 10 of Proverbs 31 is where this passage starts. It's verse 10 through 31. And 10 is the introductory verse. And it really gives us the nutshell and encapsulates what this passage is all about and who God's designed us to be. And then the following verses really unpack that and cause that to unfold and reveal to us how to walk that out in all different areas of our lives. And I know that many of you, well, probably not you, just some other women that uh, possibly have wanted to rip out Proverbs 31 from their Bibles or white out that section of scripture because it seems like some unattainable standard. But I have news for you tonight. It is not an unattainable standard. It is actually incredibly inspiring to realize that this is who God created us to be. It is not some ideal conjured up by man, but this is actually the ultimate form of an older woman teaching a younger woman, teaching us younger women, because these are the words of King Lemuel's mother. These are words that she instilled in his life that so greatly impacted and shaped this king's life as to how to see and value women that he recorded them. And these words have become the profound conclusion to the book of Proverbs, the ultimate book of God's wisdom. So I think that means we should take note and we should notice what it is that's being said here about our lives and learn from this older woman. In verse 10, it starts out and it says, who can find a virtuous wife? And as we have already said in this series, that word wife in the original writings, it literally means woman, not just a married woman. So if you're here tonight and you're thinking, well, I'm not a wife, I'm not married, don't worry. This absolutely applies to you. This applies to every single woman. And it says, who can find a virtuous woman? 
That word virtuous is so amazing in the original writings. I mean, sometimes the word virtuous to us, we just think of, oh, what is that? Some little quiet, meek, gentle woman in the corner praying with the bun in her hair? No, that is not who the virtuous woman is. I mean, it's okay to have a bun in your hair if that's what you want. That's great. But this word virtuous is so amazing. It is so powerful. I want you to listen to the definition in the original writings, what this word virtuous truly means. And grab a hold of this because this is who God's created every one of us to be. It means a force on the earth of people, wealth, and resources, a source of strength or ability within oneself, inner resources, something ready for use and available as needed to be resourceful, an army, virtue, general moral excellence, goodness of character. It means to be effective and powerful, especially healing power as of a medicine. How cool is that, that our lives are actually meant to bring healing to others around us, to bring life to others that we encounter along the way. It means to do what has to be done as if one really wanted to. It means valor, great courage and bravery. It means strength to be able and active, a band of soldiers, a great company, a host, might, power, substance, valiant, warlike, and worthy. Wow, that's a powerful definition. And that is what that means to be this virtuous woman who God designed us to be. Notice some of the words in that definition. A force on the earth, an army, a host, a great company, a band of soldiers. That implies connection and relationship. This is a woman who has great strength of relationship, great strength of character, Great strength of vision to see and help meet needs. Great strength of willpower and determination to take action. Great strength in trials and in battles. Great strength and security in our own value. How awesome. And God says he's designed us to be this virtuous woman. It says who can find her? Does, what does that mean? Who can find her? Do you think that means, oh, it sounds pretty unattainable to me. Maybe she's extinct. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't really exist. Maybe if you comb the whole earth in one remote corner, you just might find one lady like this. No, that is definitely not what that means. This is who God created every single one of us to be. This woman, she lives within you, within every single one of you, sitting in every chair in this place tonight. But it is up to us to find her because sometimes she gets a little buried by the cares of life, by the baggage that we pick up along the journey. Sometimes she might need a little dusting off, but I promise you, this amazing woman is in you. She is sitting in your chair. So where is she tonight, girls? A few of you got it. Where is she tonight, girls? 
right here. Everybody point at yourself and say, right here. That is right. And so verse 10, it really causes us to see who this is, this virtuous woman. What does that mean? And then, as I said, it just unfolds in the verses that follow. And so verses 11 and 12 really talk about how this unfolds in our relationships, especially in marriage relationships, but in all relationships as well. And so we've already talked about those verses in this series. I hope that you're keeping up with the messages on the website or the podcast weekly because each week we're taking this verse by verse through Proverbs 31. But today we're into verse 13. And Proverbs 31:13 it says, She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. In the Amplified Bible, it says she seeks out wool and flax and works with willing hands to develop it. Now, how many of you have read this verse before and just kind of gone, huh? <laughs> wool? Flax? I don't, uh, uh, I don't make my own clothes. I go to the store. <laughs> I go to the mall. I go to Target. Maybe you've read this verse and thought, oh, okay, yeah, that was for back then. That doesn't really apply to us today. Moving along, go on to the next thing. Anybody ever done that? Well, I have news for you. This verse definitely applies to all of us, and I think tonight you're going to see it in a little bit of a different light than possibly how you have seen it in the past. And so I want us to take a few minutes and just dissect the verse. And we're just going to look at some of the key words in this verse and see what they really mean. First of all, wool. It literally just means that shaggy wool, that raw wool, straight off the sheep. Anybody ever been to a petting zoo? And where they're shearing the sheep and they give each of the kids a little baggie full of the wool? The, yeah, and it's full of dirt. <laughs> and the little sticks and mom's like mm, really we have to take that home with us <laughs> that's what it's talking about raw wool just like that and then the word flax it literally means that which needs to be refined it's talking about raw flax which is among the oldest fiber crops in the world and it was used as fibers in a variety of fabrics but especially in linen but it's not talking about linen. It's talking about the flax in its raw state, straight out of the field, okay? And then that word willingly, in the original writing, it literally means with pleasure, desire, purpose, and delight to see as a valuable thing, okay? And then it says that she works with willing hands. That word works, it literally just means in the broadest sense of the word. It means to do whatever it takes. And I like the way this verse reads in the Amplified Bible. We read it a moment ago. It says that, sh that she works with willing hands to develop it. The dictionary says that to develop means to cause to become gradually fuller, larger, better, stronger, to bring into reality, to cause to evolve, to make more available, to make more extensive, to reveal and make visible as in developing film. It means to grow. So are you starting to see here, there's a picture of developing that 
which has been undeveloped. And I like the way this verse starts out. It shows us how that she does this. It says, she seeks out these things. And that word seeks, it literally means to tread, to frequent, to pursue, to search, to ask, and to worship. So, after breaking it down and looking at each of those individual words, we can put those definitions together and give us a paraphrase of this verse to say, she willingly pursues that which is undeveloped. And with desire and delight, she sees its value and purposefully does whatever it takes to cause it to become gradually fuller, larger, better, and stronger. She is committed to bring into reality that which is unseen, to bring growth and make it visible and available to others. And in so doing, she offers a worship to God. Does that shed a little different light on this verse 13 than possibly how you've seen it before? Let's read that definition just one more time, that paraphrase, okay? Think about this. She willingly pursues that which is undeveloped and with desire and delight she sees its value and purposefully does whatever it takes to cause it to become gradually fuller, larger, better, and stronger. She is committed to bring into reality that which is unseen, to bring growth and make it visible and available to others, and in so doing she offers a worship to God. Ladies, that is the life that we were designed to live, to see the potential the undeveloped potential in ourselves, in others, and be willing to do whatever it takes to bring that potential into reality. Picture that wool in its raw state, right off the sheep. Who would have ever looked at that? I want to know the first person. Who ever looked at that and thought, oh, my, that would make a lovely jacket? <laughs> Think about the flax straight out of the field. Who would have ever looked at that and thought, oh, that would make a beautiful linen tablecloth. But see, that's how we're designed and wired. God wants us to see beyond the surface. He wants us to be women who see potential and then willingly pursue that potential to develop it. Willingness is a key in this verse. You know, in Isaiah 119, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. It's not just enough to be obedient. We're to be willing. Willingness changes everything. We are created, designed to be women who have willing hearts, to do things eagerly and with delight. It changes everything when someone's willing. I mean, think about it. Think about if two kids are asked to clean their room and one does it kicking and screaming the whole way, grumbling, griping, complaining, and the other one does it with such cheerfulness and delight. It is, no, no mom's looking at kids. <laughs> It makes so 
such a difference, doesn't it? It paints an entirely different picture. It causes you to want to respond completely differently. It makes it so much easier to respond with appreciation and gratitude, possibly even reward when there's a willingness, when there's a willing heart there. Willingness changes everything. Willingness paints an entirely different picture. Willingness causes us to see opportunities around us. It causes us to see what's not visible on the surface. You see, willingness is a frame of a mind. Instead of seeing life for what it brings us, it causes us to see life for what we bring to it. We see things as opportunities that we get to do rather than things that we have to do. Therefore, willingness causes us to delight in life regardless of circumstances. And that's the kind of woman God designed us to be. So now that we see this verse in a little bit different light, I want us to talk about one other thing, and if you've been following along the series, listening online, you know that we've been talking about the fact that this passage of Scripture in Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, is written as a biblical acrostic. It was a poetic form of writing, but it was also really a form of writing Scripture to aid in memorization. And there are a handful of biblical acrostics and in, the, in the Word, and we all know what an acrostic is, right? Where the first letter of the line, the first letter of each line in a section of writing creates a word or a phrase to help us with memorization. For example, a very well-known acrostic is MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Everybody knows what that is. It helps you remember. Well, that's how this passage of scripture was written, as a biblical acrostic. And so biblical acrostics were written where each verse began with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet in alphabetical order so that you could remember. It was written to help with memorization. And something else that was really unique about this biblical acrostic is that the Hebrew alphabet, every letter in the alphabet originated, was derived from a word picture. And that word picture that each letter was derived from has a meaning attached to it. And the meaning of that word picture directly corresponds with the meaning that is being conveyed in each verse, as we'll see in a few minutes. Another thing to note is that there are 22 key letters in the Hebrew alphabet. And there are 22 verses in this passage of scripture from Proverbs 31 here. Some theologians say that when a biblical acrostic used the entire Hebrew alphabet, it was to show complete coverage on a topic. Thus the expression, the A to Z's of something. We say if it's, there's thorough coverage, it was the A to Z's of a topic. So I think it is safe to say that Proverbs 31 can be called the A to Z's of God's divine design for womankind. So each week, as we have been going through this study, we're taking a few minutes 
to look at the Hebrew letter that's associated with this particular verse that we're talking about. So today, verse 13 corresponds with the fourth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, which is Daleth, D-A-L-E-T-H. And the original word picture that this letter was derived from is a picture of an open door. So think for a minute about an open door. Picture an open door in your mind. An open door is generally a symbol of opportunity. The door of opportunity. Don't we often pray and ask God, oh God, just if this isn't what you want me to do, if this isn't where you want me to go, just close the door. God, if this is what you want, open the door. God, I need a job. Open the door. God, I need this opportunity. Open the door. We see an open door as opportunity. And when God does open that door, there's an excitement in us, isn't there? There's an eagerness to run through it. It might be new territory for us, but we're ready for the challenge, willing to do whatever it takes because we see value. We see potential on the other side through that door and we're anxious and ready and willing to see the potential through that door fulfilled and developed in our lives. So do you see the correlation of how the meaning from that original word picture corresponds exactly with what we're talking about in this verse, being willing to develop the unseen, the new, the the potential that lies there. And so it's great to know that, and it's all very interesting, and I think that it's amazing that such incredible effort was gone to in writing this passage of Scripture so that we would really remember this and have these verses ingrained in our hearts. But it's not just enough to know it. And in this whole season, Chick Connection, you know, we're saying this is great to know who God designed us to be, but it's not enough. We can't just know who He's designed us to be. We need to become the women he's designed us to be. And so each week we're talking about how do we break this down? How do we apply this to everyday living? So we can not just know, but we can actually be the women that God has designed us to be. So how do we do it? How do we see and develop the undeveloped potential that exists? Three simple things that all of us can do to help develop the potential in others around us. First of all, see. See the potential that's there. Look beyond the surface. Isn't it easy to, when, with people in our lives to look at the surface, to look at their appearance, to look at the expression on their face, to look at what we see and what we encounter, the first impression, but we need to be willing to look beyond that, to look beyond the surface. We need to be willing to apply God's word to them and say, okay, what does God's word say? That's who he created that person to be as well. And ask him to help us see them through his eyes. We need to be recognizing people's gifts and talents We need to be recognizing godly qualities in them. Sometimes, with some people, we may need to look a little bit harder than with others. (laughs) But that's okay. Every person is loaded with potential. And we need to see it. We need to look beyond the surface in order to see the potential that is there. 
And we need to acknowledge what we see. You know, so often we can just see things in people and yeah, yeah, okay, that's nice and go on our way and never stop and acknowledge those things. We need to get good at acknowledging those things by encouraging the potential within them. First, we need to see the potential. Second, we need to encourage the potential within others. Because what you see in them is a seed. It's a seed within them, but the encouragement is the water and the nourishment that will cause that seed to blossom, that will cause their potential to develop. We need to get good at encouraging people, acknowledging what we see in them, and letting them know how awesome they are, how amazing God's created them. That encouragement will help draw out their potential. And then thirdly, we need to get good at believing in them continually, even when they blow it, because we're all human, and we will all blow it. And it can be so easy when we see other people and they make a mistake that really did not reflect God's potential within them, so easy to say, oh, I can't believe it, and get frustrated with them and move on. But we need to continually believe in them. We all blow it, and we need to let them know, it's okay, get back in there. You're amazing. God's put so much in you. We need to continually believe in them. And we can do those three things. There's such power in that, in drawing out the potential and developing the potential in others. And we can do that with everybody in our lives, with a spouse, with children, with friends, with coworkers, even with parents in every relationship. We should be doing those things, seeing their potential, encouraging their potential, believing in them. But you know what? We will be far more successful at doing that with people, far more influential in doing that with others if we can first do that with ourselves, if we're first willing to see and develop the potential that God has put within us. Remember what verse 10 said here in Proverbs 31? It said, who can find a virtuous woman? Are we willing to find her within us? Are we willing to pursue becoming the woman that we were designed to be? Are we willing with delight to develop our potential more fully? It's easy to sit here at Chick Connection at our tables, we've had our little suite, we've been in the pamper lounge, and we're sitting with friends, and it's so easy to say, yes, I want to fully develop the life that God designed me to live, his design for me, yes, that's what I want. And then we leave, and we go home, and things happen. And... Now, this would never happen to anyone in this room, so this is totally hypothetical. But, you know, maybe you're here and you're married and your husband stayed home with the kids tonight. And so you're driving home and you're encouraged and strengthened. You've been at Chick Connection and you pull in the garage and you turn the car off, you open the door and, wow, there's a lot of noise coming from the house. And you go in and you open the door only to find the kids running laps around the house and flying their airplanes and then running and dogpiling on the living room floor with your husband and they're wrestling and no one has even noticed that you walked in the door. And then you're in the kitchen and you notice the meat you took out to thaw off 
for your husband to cook for dinner is still sitting there raw, warm on the counter. But then you look over at the kitchen table and notice all the McDonald's cartons, empty bags strewn all over the kitchen table. And then you notice the backpacks that don't look like they've been touched since they were dropped inside the house when they returned from school, knowing that no one has bothered to check and see if there was any homework in those backpacks or anything that needed to be done. And you realize the kids have not been bathed, they're not in their pajamas, and they are definitely not in bed. But you were at Chick Connection, and you decided you are going to be the woman God designed you to be. How do you react in that moment? <laughs> it's easy to say, yes, right here, right now. Yes, I am willing to do whatever it takes. But in that moment, are we willing to do whatever it takes? Maybe you're here and you're single. Maybe you still are living at home and you've had a full day today of school or work and then you came here and then you get home and you're greeted with a long list of to-dos like cleaning your room and things that need to be done and you're tired and, and maybe you're greeted with a little frustration because the things that you said you were going to do haven't been done for a couple of weeks and you're ready to go to bed and you don't want someone else's frustration and, and you, maybe you didn't clean your room but it's your room and uh, <laughs> how are you going to respond in that moment? It's easy to say, yes, I'm willing. But in those moments, are we really willing to do whatever it takes? Maybe tomorrow, when you go to work or you go to school, maybe you encounter someone who really has it in for you, who's spread some lies or, or ugly rumors about you. What are you going to do in that moment to demonstrate that I am so willing to allow God to develop his potential in me. We need to be women that even in the hard circumstances of life, we're willing and we recognize those opportunities to develop the life he designed us to live. Because that's where the rubber meets the road, where the reality of life hits. In the midst of life's craziness, in the midst of life's challenging scenarios, how will we then be the women who grow, who expand, and who develop the life that God designed us to live? You know, so often in the midst of these daily scenarios that just happen, they cause us to want to point our finger at others. He didn't take care of the kids. He didn't clean the house. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. They did this. They said that. Can you believe they did this? They, 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 they. And we want to point fingers at others. But one of the very best ways that we can start developing our own potential is to recognize when we're pointing our finger at others and point it back at ourselves, and ask, what's going on in me? How can I use this opportunity to grow and to develop more fully? Because you see, we can't take responsibility for anyone else. Pointing our finger at others 
only prevents us from taking responsibility for ourselves. And it only prevents us from developing the lives that God created us to live. Because it fixes our eyes on blaming others rather than on letting him do what he wants to do within us. It actually becomes an excuse in our own minds that keeps us from taking responsibility for our own lives. And ladies, we have got to get good at refusing to live on excuses. We've got to get good at refusing to make excuses, refusing to point the finger at others, refusing to blame others. And we've got to take responsibility to develop the potential that God has put within us. So how does that look in the daily situations of life? How do we do it? Maybe you've been pointing the finger at your husband. And we can do that in all different ways. We can do that just simply through complaining, through grumbling, through griping. But maybe you've been pointing the finger at your husband. Well, he's not a spiritual leader in our home. Maybe it's time to point the finger back at self and ask yourself, am I positioning him there? Am I coming under or am I standing in that place of authority, telling him what he should be doing that he is not doing? Am I preventing him from being in that place of authority that I want him to be in? Maybe I should try telling him how much I appreciate it when he prays, even if it's just for the food, even if it's a two-second prayer, even if he doesn't say any of the things I wish he would say. Maybe I should try appreciating him, letting him know how much it means to me when he does pray, positioning him to take that place. You see, when we look back at ourselves and we're willing to make adjustments and develop the life God intended for us to live, it automatically releases and develops the potential in others as well. Maybe you've been pointing the finger at him because you're frustrated that he never picks up after himself. Maybe it's time to point back at self and say, could it possibly be because he feels like, why bother? He can't do it right because all I ever do is criticize. All I ever do is tell him how he's not doing it right, how he needs to do it differently, how he needs to fold the clothes differently, how he needs to put things back in order differently. We need to look back at ourselves and allow God to develop his nature in us and then it'll release others as well. Maybe you've been pointing the finger at other people around you. Am I critical? Am I being judgmental of others? Not recognizing their value? Probably if I'm not recognizing their value, I'm not recognizing my own value. See, when we really grasp our value and that it's only because of Jesus, it's all because of him. It's not because of anything we've ever done, haven't done, said, anything. It's only because of Jesus. When we really understand that and we have a handle on our value because of him, it automatically causes us to see others' value because we realize 
It's not about them. It's not about anything they can do, have done. It's because of Jesus. He created them. He has a plan for their life. When we allow God to develop in us what he wants to develop, it causes us to see others differently. Maybe we've been constantly let down by others and we're pointing the finger at others because they're always letting us down. Maybe it's time to point the finger back at self and realize that my expectations just might need a little adjusting and allow my expectation to be in God and God alone because he will never, ever let me down. And you know those three things that we talked about that are so powerful in helping reach in and pull out the potential in others, they're the same three things that are so powerful in our own lives. We've got to be women who are willing to see our potential. So as we've been talking about in this series, who God's created us to be, this virtuous woman, do we see ourselves that way? Do we see ourselves as strong, able, and active, full of goodness of character, women who are willing to do whatever it takes, women who are full of inner resources that pour out healing and life to others that we encounter? Do we see ourselves as women who are brave and courageous, women who are willing to let our lives connect in purpose with other people? Do we see ourselves as this virtuous woman? We need to start seeing ourselves this way and recognizing the potential that is within us. And then we need to encourage our potential. You know, we don't have to wait for somebody else to encourage us. The Bible says encourage yourself in the Lord. We need to be encouraging ourselves. How do we do that? When we're confronted with a situation, we can simply ask ourselves, how am I going to respond? In those scenarios we talked about earlier, stop, don't react, ask yourself, how am I going to respond? Am I going to choose weakness and give in to my flesh and respond out of my flesh? Or am I going to rise up with strength and courage and let God's nature flood through me in the midst of this? And you ladies know, in the midst of the five seconds, we can have this whole conversation going on in our head. We just need to grab our tongue before we respond and have this little five-second pep talk and encourage ourselves and say, wait a minute, no, I'm not going to give in to my flesh. I'm going to be the woman God designed me to be, and I'm going to rise up with courage. I'm going to rise up with bravery. I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to let his love flood out of me in this situation. And it takes far longer to say that like I did just now than to think it. In a second, in a split second, we can have that conversation with ourselves and give ourselves a good little kick in the rear and cause ourselves to rise up with the courage and bravery that we need to. And as we do that time after time, we're developing his potential within us, what he's put within us, his character, the woman he's designed us and wired us to be, we're allowing that to develop within us. And then thirdly, we need to believe in ourselves because of God in us and who he's created us to be, even when we blow it. Not just giving other people grace when they blow it, but extending that to ourselves as well because we are human and we will all blow it. And the enemy would like nothing more than when we do blow it to beat us up and throw us in a pit of condemnation and self-loathing because we blew it. 
And what good does that do? We can never go forward. We will never develop this life that God designed us to live if we stay there. So we've got to be women that are brave and courageous, that pull ourselves up and say, uh-uh, I'm not going there. And I'm, be willing to say, I'm going forward. God, I blew it. I'm sorry. But I am choosing to go forward with you. You know, it's not some mind over matter formula. We're talking about having our lives transformed by him, by his spirit, shaping us more and more into his image, into the divine design that he uniquely crafted us for and has equipped us to live. And in order for it to happen, we have to involve him in the process. See, if we face life's circumstances, anything that happens, if we face those circumstances willing to look at ourselves and delighting in an opportunity to develop our own potential, willing to do whatever it takes with God's help to grow and expand into the women that God designed us to be, you know what? That is a form of worship to God. That kind of lifestyle is a lifestyle of worship to God. And I believe God is just asking a question to all of us, his daughters tonight, and just saying, sweetheart, are you willing? Are you willing to develop the life I designed you to live? Are you willing to develop all of the potential that he's loaded within you? so that you can live out the life he has designed you to live. And every one of us can answer that within our own hearts tonight. But then we need to continually answer that every day in the face of circumstances and situations that arise. But if we want to be those women, if we want to be those women that truly do develop into the women God designed us to be, it all starts with relationship with the one who designed us. I can't imagine trying to live out this life without a relationship with the one who designed me for his purposes. And he wants to live out every day with us. He doesn't say, honey, I've designed you. I've handcrafted you. I have this amazing divine design for your life. Now, there you go. Go out into the world and figure it out on your own. No, he wants to walk it out with us every single day. Life in relationship with him is the most amazing life imaginable. And he says that any of us can enjoy that relationship with him. All we have to do is ask. And we're going to pray together tonight. But if you're here, and you have never experienced your own relationship with God. Maybe you have family members, friends, maybe even came with somebody tonight who has a relationship with God, but you've never personally experienced that for yourself. You know what? His arms are wide open to you saying, come on, sweetheart, let's do this together. And all you have to do is ask. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer but you know what? There's nothing magical about my words. It comes from your heart. 
And I want us all to just repeat this prayer together. But if you want to start your own relationship with God, I want to ask you, just tie your heart around these words as we pray. Mean it from your heart. Ask Him to come and just be the Lord of your life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're my Father, that you designed me for your purposes, and you did not intend for me to live life on my own. So right now I stop trying to do it all by myself. And I surrender my life to you. And I ask you, Jesus, to be the Lord of my life. I choose to walk out life every day with you. Teach me to grow, to develop into the woman you designed me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ladies, I want to encourage you to just lean on God, to let him help you every day in every scenario of every day that you encounter and make that choice to let his fullness be developed in your life. Rely on him more than ever before. And if you're here tonight and, and you prayed that prayer for the first time and you say, yeah, that's me. I just, I prayed that prayer. I want to start a relationship with God. You know, we want to put some tools in your hands to help you. And we've got some Bibles and a little devotional book that will just get you started.